A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and (laughs) my, um, (laughs) which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black, waistband you want that you don't want it to be rolling you don't want it to be showing and i'm hooked i don't want to wear anything else it's all got to go now well this ad actually is kind of about that pace case everybody knows me undies <laughs> makes great underwear it's in the name me undies but it's not just about underwear you can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers hoodies onesies and a whole bunch more and their move me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market there's no doubt about it Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort 
from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and it's Friday. So you know that this is going to be this week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to give you all of the late breaking news that has happened this week from across the nation. We're going to discuss those parasocial plays, those gains, those creatures. We're going to have some screams from the pit, as always. But before we begin any of that, we do have a little bit of biz that we need to discuss. Of course, we are talking about Bachelor Live on Stage. It's going to be taking place over three weekends in the month of April. I thought we bought those in a fever dream. Uh, yeah, we did. But the fever dream, it turns out, is reality. It is our lives. Okay, we're going. We are going to the Bachelor Live on Stage event. Again, this Great. time around, it is not like last year. Last year, Bachelor Live on Stage occurred in several cities across our beloved country, um, uh, all hosted by Becca Kufrin, different bachelors live on those stages in each of the cities. But this year, it's only going to take place over the course of three weekends in Arizona at the Walking Stick Resort. We are going to be there for the April 22nd show. We're trying to glorify this thing. If you have interest in coming to Bachelor Live on stage and you have the ability to select which weekend you might want to come, that's the weekend we'll be there again, April 22nd. We hope to see everybody there. You know, we... <laughs> We're a little preview of our scream. It's uh, book signing related. And we were just talking about uh, people flying from other place, other cities to come to the book signing. And we are doing the same thing for Arizona. Indeed. I can't wait to see it. I believe Andrew Spencer is going to be our bachelor <gasps> live on stage. Yes. And I think Rodney Matthews is the other one. It's about damn time. I agree. But that is really all the business we have to discuss. And now we are going to open this week in Bachelor Nation as we open all this week's in's Bachelor's Nations with Game, game of, of Roses. Roses. State of the game. Let's just say this. If you're if you're on our Patreon, you know that I've been covering a little show on Netflix called Perfect Match. If you would like to watch my coverage of it, you can go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses. You join us in the pit, and it's literally my head in a little box, and you're watching the show, and I'll pause it from time to time, talk over it sometimes as I'm watching plays mm -hmm. or whatever. This show is fascinating, and it is going to be the, the at least the beginning subject here of our state of the game, because truly, what is the game? Yes, it's Bachelor, but as I'm watching Perfect Match, I'm starting to see the bigger, broader picture. It's all of these not just even reality TV dating, but uh, what Netflix is really doing is bringing in stuff like The Circle, which is an open manipulation game. It's more like a big brother type thing. It's bringing mm -hmm. people who play those types of games into a game with people who are from like uh, Love is Blind, a, a supposedly purely 4TRR game. Yeah. And so you get to see these things kind of coming head to head. It acknowledges that this is a game. That even those things are games. Or at least if you weren't playing a game in Love is Blind, now you have to play a game here. So what are the skills that you might have taken from your 4TRR game to play here in this mix of 4TRR and 4TWR? 
It is essentially an arena of all of the reality shows that Netflix produces. It's taking the best players from all of those and putting them in this crucible of combat uh, to see who's going to come out on top. And it's absolutely fascinating. And it also has really high ratings. It's become one of Netflix's top streamed shows this week. It's the most. It's the most viewed show in the history of Netflix. What? Yes. Are you serious? Yes. Oh my God, that's insane. At least in the time frame that it's existed. And it has, I believe, the highest completion rate as well. So you're looking now at what I believe is the future of these types of shows. And Netflix is really stepping out how to build uh, a system that has multiple reality shows under one umbrella, in this case, Netflix, and then how to take the all-stars from all of those shows and put them in a competitive dating group format game. That is what the show is. It's fascinating. And also the players in the show are in unbelievable. Uh, yeah, they're on another <laughs> level. There's no one currently in the Bachelor game system that I think would stand a chance against any of these players. Well, I wouldn't say any of these players, Some but the them. top players, Francesca. <laughs> yeah. Francesca Ferragamo I mean, is I don't know how to describe what she can do in these types of games. Um she's unreal. Absolutely unreal. But in, in really looking at this kind of from a critical eye and and thinking about, well, how is this going to affect The Bachelor? How is this going to affect our beloved game? I really started thinking about the fact that eventually there's not going to be network television. I'm talking about ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox and CW. You're talking like three to five years out? Maybe 10. We'll see the final death of it. But you're already starting to see it fall away. We saw um, Dancing with the Stars went to streaming. That was a, mm -hmm. a big live network TV show that did very well in the ratings for them. And they were like, no, fuck it. We'll put this on our streaming service. That's on Disney Plus now. You're going to start to see that more and more with all big network shows that they believe still have an audience. It, if the production cost is worth whatever they're getting in viewership, they will just move it to streaming. And as that happens, eventually The Bachelor is not going to have a home. It cannot live on ABC forever. It will wind up Where does it go? on a streaming service. I don't know. And this is kind of what becomes interesting when you look at this Netflix model. If Netflix absorbs it, just let's say that like in some bizarre world, Warner Brothers makes that deal. Netflix, mm -hmm. you get The Bachelor. I think they should. Absolutely. They 100% should. And I don't know what happens in that case. How much is it to buy The Bachelor at this point? Oh, shit. I don't know. I mean, it's essentially like... Because I know like with Hulu, that's the streaming service it's on now, it's just like a licensing fee. Warner Brothers mm -hmm. still owns the show, but they have made some deal with Hulu to be able to air it the day after it airs on ABC. Right. So they're making whatever they're making in uh, their cut of the ad money that ABC makes off of it. Then they're also making whatever they're making from Hulu. But eventually, it's got to go somewhere. Because it's Warner Brothers, maybe it winds up on HBO Max. That's Warner Brothers streaming service. But is it not just Hulu? Or you're saying... What? Okay, so you're saying Hulu is is renting it now. Yeah, basically. But where does it end up? So is ABC, by the way. ABC doesn't own it. Warner Brothers right. does. They own the franchise, the content, all of it. Um, I don't know where it winds up permanently. But in seeing what Netflix is doing, I in my head, I'm kind of like, you can build what Netflix has, which is this roster of all these big reality dating shows and reality competition shows and whatever. And then they use that to make Perfect Match, which is kind of the culmination perfect show. of all of it. Yes, exactly. 
And so I believe that The Bachelor could be the seed of something like that, a giant mm-hmm. reality universe for some other streaming network. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm super curious to see it. And Jesus Christ, if The Bachelor went to Netflix and you started to see by season, let's say, five of Perfect Match, because that show's not going anywhere. That's going to be on the air forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might start seeing Bachelor players coming into Perfect Match, which would be beyond fascinating. That's the dream. That's the dream. But I just feel like they're in such direct competition with each other right now. Yeah. Uh, I Look, I love Perfect Match. I think what you're saying, the characters are incredible and there's also it also feels like a more modern game it's Mm -hmm. like the people are there for two purposes game and love and both are acceptable there's still accusations of 4twr and like people playing a game but it's not really they're not really strong accusations i don't feel like you know i mean there's probably still death threats but (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's not the the villains are treated more as fun And the cast is diverse. But here is my problem. Unfortunately, it's following this pattern that Love Island, a lot of other dating game shows have it. The black women are getting absolutely fucked on that show. And Mm -hmm. I hate that. And like, I understand like these problems, white supremacy, colorism, fetishization, et cetera. They're rampant in our society dating. So it's like, it's not surprising we'd see it in these dating game shows, but I do feel like they can do better. My sisters in Christ in casting at Netflix and ABC, please cast people who are actually open to dating other races. Please. Like maybe they've dated people of other races in the past. It's so hard to watch this. And it mm. like it takes away a lot for me from these beautiful, perfect games. I agree with you 100% on that. I will say Netflix is still far and away better than The Bachelor when where things like representation and obviously not hard <laughs> telling stories of people who are not white come into play. I mean, yeah, not hard. You're you're correct. You're not as far as I am in the show, but it I will be catching up very soon. Constant. This Saturday, I'm going to put out my watching of episodes uh, five and six as well. I'm going to try and blaze through it all so that people can binge it if they want. But um, and you don't have to watch the other shows to watch it. By the way, um, oh, absolutely Jake not. Is watching it with me, and he's into it, and he's yeah. never been into any of the <laughs> the reality right. game dating shows. So, yeah, I will say though, uh, also in body type, it it pretty much follows the exact same pattern of all the other reality dating shows. Everybody on this is like a fitness model, mm-hmm. bodybuilder, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, but that said, you know, I I really tend to try and look at like the future of all different systems that I'm interested in. And the system of reality dating TV games, obviously, I, I'm i interested in that. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you can't tell. Really? Huh? <laughs> in what way? I mean, in every way. I just think it's fascinating. It's such yeah. a fascinating sport to me. And when yeah. I saw Perfect Match, I was like, this truly is the future of how every streaming service is going to have to have something like this where they take their entire reality roster and then force them to go compete in some kind of show. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, if you look at like Bravo, for example, they have um, a different kind of 
of reality slate. They don't really do dating. It's more like Housewives is their bread and butter. It's more of kind of like a lifestyle docuseries. But can you imagine if they had a show that was like the all-stars of the Housewives competing in Survivor-style shit? So they've started to do this. It's called Ultimate Girls Trip. They're not competing, but they are taking these random amalgamations of housewives and sending them mm. on a trip and filming the whole thing. Interesting. I haven't watched yet, but I can't wait to watch. I bet it'll be yeah. incredible. I mean, there's just something like... But they should have them com be competing. I agree. Yeah, it's the competition. And and really for Perfect Match, like one of the things that makes it interesting is that these people come from different shows. So their reality mm -hmm. TV experience is like different. Different producers, they've had different outcomes, different treatment on these shows. So when they walk into this house, and I mean, this house is beautiful. They're not tortured like players are in paradise. They're living in like extreme luxury. It looks like they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it looks super fun. Oh my God. There's like a scene that is, you can't air on network television. Some of the scenes that occur. It's just, it's also just such an interesting, like, you watch like group dynamics and see how like people are getting to the higher and lower uh, in position on the show. There's certain people who tend to dominate and yeah, oh, it's great. And then there's another part, which I don't think you've gotten to that they add in, which I also really love. Perfect match mirrors bachelor in paradise almost identically in terms of its, its big structure, which is you have to be coupled up to make it to the next round and it's the power switches. So one week the women have it, one week the guys have it. Um, there are some other little elements of the game that Paradise doesn't have where the players at least perceive some level of control, even though they have none over who actually comes into the show. And it's all very produced in the same way uh, Paradise is. But the difference is, in Paradise, all of the players come from the same system. They all come from The Bachelor, and they're dealing with the same producers, again, that were on whatever their main game season was. They're dealing mm -hmm. with those same people in Paradise. And in most cases, those producers have treated them like shit. So they're stuck in this system where they feel like they're being used, manipulated, etc. This is completely different. Not only do all these players come from different game systems with, again, different treatment by different producers, different game mechanics, different purposes for being mm -hmm. in the game, the producers of Perfect Match are a little bit of a varied group. So you, it's, a, it's kind of a whole new thing. And it just, it frees up the play. There's like air in this show where there isn't in Paradise. Mm -hmm. In Paradise, you're just waiting, or at least last season we were, we were waiting for like, well, who's going to be the next one to have a nervous breakdown? Oh, Rodney Matthews left. Everybody's going to have the nervous breakdown now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise needs to study perfect match. Yes. There are some scenes that happen in the pool, which I have never seen this sort of shit in uh, Bachelor in Paradise and I think should be recreated. Let's just say they're sexy. Oh, interesting. I haven't gotten to <laughs> the very, pool scenes There's yet. some very sexy pool scenes in the show. I, ugh, It's really good. You know, other than uh, some elements I discussed earlier, mm. which trigger me, and I, but yeah, you know, the whole format of the show is you pair up, and they do it in this way where you have to basically leave the party with your person at a certain time, and then whoever's left gets booted, um, and then whoever wins this like compatibility challenge, which are all sorts of like obstacle course like silly things, um they get to go in the perfect match, whatever chamber thing. And those people then it's called the boardroom, the boardroom, excuse mm -hmm. me, 
And those people then pair up someone else who's currently in the house with with two of the four people on the board that mm-hmm. they and sometimes they do it trying to make a love match. Sometimes they're trying to like break up a relationship. But all of that is pre-selected by producers. It's, and it creates this constant churn. I mean, look, as I'm watching these things on our Patreon, believe me, I'm breaking down what the producers are doing behind the scenes and all the same shit that that we do when we talk about Bachelor. And I think for me, the most interesting part about this is knowing that Bachelor producers are watching what's going on. The news that this is the most watched show in Netflix is definitely reaching Bachelor producers. They are aware of it, that this is the future. This is how people are watching reality TV. This is what they want from reality dating formats. And I think they've got to try absorbing it. It's stylized. They have all these sexy slow-mos and they're, they have all these parties that look super fucking fun. Just the editing, everything, the graphics, like everything yeah. is, it looks contemporary, whereas The Bachelor does not. And I don't know if The Bachelor producers and ABC are like, you know, we're the fucking Cadillac of these reality dating shows. We shouldn't change a thing. People like it this way. I don't know if that's how they feel or if they can kind of understand like shit's changing. You got to change with it. I'm hopeful that is the case. We shall see. But that wraps up uh, State of the Game. That's where we are now with reality dating. The only way out is through. The only way out is through. And for me, it's going to be through the rest of season one of Perfect Match. (laughs) I just, I can't wait to see the rest of it. Uh, I hope you'll join me on that journey because I do think also it's an important show. It's like, as we're saying, it's Netflix's biggest show. It's groundbreaking. Yeah. That's huge. Across all of Netflix, the biggest show is a reality dating competition show. Mm-hmm. This is the sport that we love, and it is the next evolution. Let's go! This is our NFL. It to- I for me, the Bachelor is the NFL, and Perfect Match is like <laughs> the XFL, maybe because it is like crazier, but it's better than that. I don't know. It's a bad <laughs> analogy, and he- and it probably means nothing to anyone, anyways. Yeah, what the NBA? You mean? <laughs> No, the XFL was a football league started by Vince McMahon of the WWE. Perfect match is the number one show on Netflix. It's not some... No, I know. That's why I'm saying it's a bad analogy. It's not It's not quite right. But at any rate, uh, that is the state of the game. Things are changing, and we'll see how The Bachelor reacts to it. Now, let's move on with our program to talk about... This Week in Games. We begin gains as we begin every week with the ratings. The ratings for this week's big game overcame a slight dip from last week to once again come in at a 0.59 in the demo and 2.9 million total viewers. Four of the six episodes of season 27 have come in with these exact same numbers. Only night one, which came in at a 0.65 and last week's episode, which came in at a 0.51 have deviated from the norm. Proving that, if nothing else, Zach Shawcross the season has been able to retain a consistent audience. And this week, that was enough for our beloved game to tie with America's Got Talent All-Stars on NBC for the top slot in the 18 to 45-year-old demo, beating out the neighborhood on CBS and alert missing persons unit on Fox, interesting <laughs> title of a show, which managed to maintain the 0.2 rating that Fantasy Island scored uh, the week before in the same network. You're not an ampoo head? <laughs> I've got an idea for a show. Let's call it Alert. (laughs) Missing Persons Unit. Colon. (laughs) I mean, shit. What's your favorite show? Alert, colon, Missing Persons Unit. How about you? (laughs) Oh, I've been watching White Lotus. (laughs) 
speaking of missing persons, ooh, Zach Shalcross gained 4K on Instagram, bringing him to a total of 104K. Hooray in the 100K club. He gained 15 followers on TikTok, bringing him to 693 in total. Now for the top five Instagram gains this week. This is as of today, Thursday, March 2nd. Coming to number one, Jessica Girard gained 13K for a total of 45.7K for her swan song, Exit Bump. Katie Bigger gained 9.4K for a total of 34.4. Ariel Frankel gained 8.6K for a total of 25K in third place for her one-on-one. Gabriella, aka Gabby L. Nikki, gained 7.5K for a total of 29.2. And rounding off the top five, Brianna Thorburn gained a suspicious 7.1K for a total of 30.4K. Now, Dark Seeker told us that she was utilizing some of the same programs used by Bachelor Data to analyze this suspicious gain. And we believe these followers were purchased. Where can I sign up? <laughs> Is it a good play to purchase followers, do you believe? I mean... I think right now, maybe it is. Like, this is your spotlight time. If you're going to purchase followers, you do it now. Look like America's sweetheart. Like, this is your best crown contention. Maybe you want to look like the nation is behind you. So, let's, she gained 7.1K this week. Do you think she bought 7,000 followers? Why do that? What is 7,000 extra followers going to give you? It gets you up to 30.4K. I don't know that that gives mm-hmm. you much spawn con. It's coming under scrutiny now. People are analyzing this shit, us mm-hmm. among them, and being like, wait a minute, <laughs> you haven't been on TV in a couple of weeks. How is this happening that you're in the top five gains? And we'll see when we get to the top five total. She's now on that chart too. Hmm. Maybe that's why. Not hard to buy your way into the top five. Yeah, maybe. But also in this season, it's like uh, nobody's gaining anything. Nobody's going to get anything social media-wise out of the season except maybe the finalists, I feel like. Right. We'll see. Yeah. Because 30K is not enough to make a career. No, not at all. You got to, I think you got to have 100K to be able to make like any kind of real money at it. I don't know. I don't either. Now for the top five total Instagram chart. Coming in number one, Christina Mandrell, first place with 130K. And holding down that second place slot, Victoria Jameson with 125K. Third place, Jessica Garrod, 45.7K. Fourth place is Katie Bigger, 34.4K. And fifth place, Brianna Thorburn, rounding out the top five with 30.4K. Again, that's very strange to me. <laughs> anyway, we'll I, see. I like this play. I, it's interesting. I'm like, I don't feel like we've seen it before or we haven't been scrutinizing enough to notice it. I mm-hmm. think it's interesting. It is. I agree. Maybe she did something else. I don't know. Maybe they're not purchased. Maybe something else popped off in the parasocial world that I'm unaware of. But again, she hasn't been on the screen in our game, in the document for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. I mean, I have never used this tool. I don't know if I'm just not internet savvy enough. I take people's uh, Instagram totals almost at face value. You know, I understand that if it's at a million, people tend to pay to stay up there but yeah i don't know i i say buy more beat mandrell go with number one 
go big or go home. I mean, I guess it depends on what your goal with it is, because I know most brands will use these tools because engagement is what they yeah. care about more than the actual number. Right. That's that's what Grace Ann was saying. So we don't know. Time will tell how this is going to shake out for Brianna. But now let's move on to the top five TikTok chart for today, March 2nd, 2023. We got Victoria Jameson at the top there. 969.9K. Nobody's going to come close to that. No. Unless we see someone really pulling something out of their butt. (laughs) Brianna, yeah, exactly. You don't know what Brianna's capable of. (laughs) Yeah, Brianna, that's where I would be investing, really, is TikTok. Yeah, also strange that she's buying Instagram followers. I agree. I, I mean, we don't know this. That's just like the you know, the conclusion from the data. Um, But I was talking to someone recently who told me that they bought followers and they said that a ton more people started following them who were real because they just looked more legit. So I don't know. Who was that? DLH? I won't say. (laughs) It was in confidence. Uh, (laughs) It was not a dark lord. I I can think I could say that. (laughs) Christina Mandrell is in second place on TikTok with 139.8K. In third place, we got Madison Johnson. Remember her? 102.2K. <laughs> Jessica Garad finally moves to the fourth spot at 54.9K. Nice little swan song exit bump. And Rebecca Becca Serrano drops to fifth place at 52.4K. So you've got one, two, three, four, five people who are no longer on the program are holding down the top five spots on TikTok. <laughs> That's astounding to me. But you'll notice these numbers are all bigger on TikTok than Instagram. Yeah, that too. But I mean, Victoria Jameson came in with 969,000 yeah. followers. I, I mean, that's a little bit of a an outlier, if you will. But nonetheless, this is how it's shaking out this season. Uh, let's move on now to that portion of our program where we uh, discuss all those beautiful tids. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, we're talking about something golden. And it's not Goldini. After years of hinting at the possibility of a senior you idiots. version of our beloved game, Mike Fleiss announced on Twitter Thursday that the Golden Bachelor is finally happening. In response to the producer's tweet, the nation was immediate with disbelief and mistrust, writing things like, will it air this century? Quote, I don't believe you. Quote, if I had a nickel for every, quote, major announcement, quote, I'd be able to produce an enjoyable show, quote. (laughs) (laughs) The nation is... Just bloodthirsty for Fleiss anytime Mm -hmm. he makes one of these tweets. But The Golden Bachelor was originally scheduled for production and airing in early 2020. But the global COVID-19 pandemic put a halt to those plans. But now that the main game is back to its regular production schedule, it seems like The Golden Bachelor might finally be possible to produce. Not much is known about the format or style of the show. It's not even clear what criteria the producers will use to define a senior. The show's official casting page, goldenbachelorcasting.com, does not mention age parameters, but does ask applicants what age range they're looking to date and refers to the show in some of its legal language as, 
quote, untitled bachelor senior dating show. Other questions in the application include if the applicant has ever been married, if they have grandkids, and what items are on their bucket list. While we Mm. don't know when The Golden Bachelor will shoot or air, we are anxiously awaiting a season of what will no doubt be the best PTCs and IFIs we have ever seen. (laughs) They're going to be dark. Yes. There's going to be multiple. Everyone is going to be a a Zach. (laughs) But it's also like, can you imagine? I don't think they're going to do this, but also I don't know that they, they know how to do anything else. I'm talking, of course, about the producers traumatically assaulting the players, making their lives living hells, trying to uh, get them to have nervous breakdowns. You mean a football group date? Yeah, they're going to make them do boxing, uh, football, fight with pugil sticks, force nudity. I'm pugil sure. sticks. I, well, I don't know if they're going to do any of these kinds of things um, to the seniors or not, but if it's the same people producing the show, these are people who have had, at this point, multiple years of a track record of doing a job that is literally to try and make people suffer enough trauma to break down. Are they going to do that to these old people? <laughs> then you've got like this cast of producers who are like in their 30s and 40s just abusing elders. Is that what this show will be? I think I mean, it might be. Look, I talked about this at the book signing, but... Clues and I watched a little show called Labor of Love, and it had an older casting, uh, <laughs> older casting on that show, and they did not bring the drama. Instead, they massaged themselves with those theraguns a lot of the time and talked about their aches. So that's what I'm anticipating. But let's assume it's like a bachelor format. Like let's just let's operate under that assumption. It's going to be one old guy and mm-hmm. thirty older women. They're all dating. Let's say that they don't do forced nudity, no forced violence. You think they start Bachelor instead of Bachelorette? Yeah, I think so. Per Emperor Fleiss's demands. Um, I Can you imagine where it's like in the end of the season? Again, let's say they don't do anything overtly terrible. But in the end of the season, you're telling me they're not going to do like what they did to Popeye? Where it's like, <laughs> oh, we're sorry. you know, She's not coming. She had a heart attack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gertrude's not going to be here. She uh, she can't come. Sorry about that, Cornelius. And then it's like... Uh, and then Beverly's like, shut the fuck up. We knew what we signed up for. Yeah. And then Cornelius is like, oh, it's okay if she's not coming. Whatever. I don't care. Like, is it that? Which like, one was that? Yeah. How can you, can you rile them up, A? And B, will they even attempt it? Like, if they force a fucking old man or an old, old woman to break down crying, that's not a fun TV show at all. You only want to see seniors having, like, the time of their lives. That's all this show can be. If they try to make them cry or feel bad, fuck. That's going to be real hard to watch. If they put tears, I feel like they're they're going to do that. They're going to follow their format. I mean, I think they'll make some changes. Like, I don't think they'll have tackle football, but... I think they're going to make them cry. That's their bread and butter. I'm just going to put this out there. If you're listening to this now and you're about to go on this fucking show, if you're deep in the casting process, what have you, this is the season to try an experimental play of a thruple or a quadruple or a quintuple or whatever. Mm -hmm. Where once it gets down to the last three to five players, you just go to the bachelor and you're like, look, let's just, let's all be in a a couple. 
Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists... Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the, the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my... Um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about. But I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. Mm. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. 
Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Together. That way you don't get the final. <laughs> like, can you imagine if he's got to... Is it going to be like a uh, two finalists come up for the final rose ceremony? He's got to fucking dump one of them at an altar by the side of the ocean or something. They're going to helicopter away from a, a crying woman in the desert. <laughs> yeah. Two on one date. Oh, my God. Two on one date at like a uh, it'll be like at a the grave site of one of their ex-husband, ex-wife. Oh, God. You know, there's going to be people who have. Um, spouses that are deceased. I know. I know. I don't think I can emotionally handle it. It's going to be rough. Anyways, let's move on. Next up in Bachelor Nation news, the Beast is back on Wednesday, March 1st. Hannah Brown added another title to her already impressive resume. Alongside a Dancing with the Stars Mirrorball and the most Instagram followers of any player in the history of our beloved game, Alabama Hannah can now claim co-champion of Fox's Special Forces World's Toughest Test. Among her accolades. Special Forces cast members only leave by choice, by necessity, medical problems, or by force from the training agents. The final four made it through most of the grueling process, but only two completed the season in the end. Hannah Brown and former Olympian soccer player Carly Lloyd. They beat out a cast of 17 celebrities and professional athletes in a final interrogation challenge that included the memorization of a cover story they learned long before being captured, which they then had to repeat to their captors while they endured various tactics to break their will, including being frequently doused with water, denied sleep, and left in a container while being subjected to loud and disturbing noises for several hours. Clearly, her days in our beloved game provided ample training for this moment. Brown said of the experience, it was so difficult. One of the hardest things I hope I ever have to endure. I hope there's not much more difficult than that. It was really tough. There was a time where I was like, I don't know if I could do this much longer. I felt like I was going mad and crazy. And just like the position you're in, like these really uncomfortable positions the whole time too. And for me, I kept falling asleep exhausted for a second. And then you wake up just screaming or metal scraping or, you know, a pig or a woman screaming. It was really challenging. I think I just had to keep telling myself this can't last forever, even though it felt like it did. It did last a really long time. <laughs> but just knowing I was so close is what kind of helped me stay strong and get through it. Brown was the only non-traditional athlete to make it to the final four. Yeah. I'm so proud of her. Unreal. She was beating out like Major League Baseball players, NBA guys. It's intense, and she won this. That shows you what kind of mental fortitude a bachelorette has, in my opinion. Or that Jesus still loves her. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Jesus probably did help her through this. Up next in Bachelor Nation News, fence player Caitlin Bristow has fired some tea straight into the sauce wars. On a recent <laughs> episode of Off the Vine, she made the claim that not all of Zach Shawcross's COVID footage from the London leg of his season was actually shot in London. You don't say. <laughs> she said when they show B-roll of Zach and he really doesn't look like he's doing too bad despite the dramatic footage of him blowing his nose. You remember him? He's like in his hotel room in the bed blowing his nose in. He got a little fake cup of tea that's a hotel in LA it's the hotel they always put their people in when we do like after the final rose of the women tell all men tell all that's where they stay in this like very specific bed that has writing on the back 
they must have had to be like, oh, shit, we need some B-roll. Zach looking sick. And then so then he's back in L.A. And they're like, can we just get you blowing your nose and like holding a cup of tea in the hotel room? <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's always exciting to see a fence player dispense invaluable tea that comes from personal experience, especially where the lies of the producers are concerned. Caitlin Bristow, we salute you. And I salute you, Pace Case, for that live coverage from London. Um, <laughs> this I'm information sorry. is fascinating. Caitlin Bristow yes. basically contradicted the edit of our beloved game the day after it aired. She's calling Zachary Shawcross an actor and a liar. Yes, and the, and the show's producers. And lying, by the way, around COVID. He had to fake like he had COVID in those shots far after he was recovered from it. So this is what the show will do. If what Caitlin says here is accurate, the show will fake that a player has COVID or a lead has COVID simply to get a couple of shots to bolster that story. Like we needed more shots of him with COVID. I don't even understand this. They they have not, they've clearly not learned how to incorporate COVID in any way into the show, whether it's writing it out of the show or making it seem like someone snuck away to Amsterdam and bought drugs. Why is this so unclear? I don't understand. I, I really don't. There, there's so much that is being written and, and talked about how The Bachelor's in decline, all this kind of shit. And it's like, maybe that's true. And if it is, why is it happening? The answer is the producers. You have to change them now. The people who are making the show don't understand how to make it. That's like 100% clear to everybody watching it. Someone sent me a photo of the like group shot of the women traveling around mm -hmm. Estonia and Greer's in the photo or in the video. So I'm like, what? Hmm. <laughs> okay, what is the timeline of it is is very, very interesting. Well, KB, I'm sorry to have botched your your quote in that in that accent, but I really appreciate this tea a lot, and it's why you're the go. Another crown is in the news this week. The first Bachelorette of the first bubble season, Bachelorette season 16. Claire Crawley has issued a formal statement in response to Zach Shawcross's claims that he was not allowed by producers to intervene during force deals designed by producers in his season. Shawcross delivered some contract violating tea earlier this month in an Entertainment Weekly interview in which he said, in quotes, when someone steals you, I don't know if I can say all of this, but I got to keep it. I got to keep my mouth shut and let it happen as much as I can. So there are times when I want to speak up and be like, oh yeah, all right, let's go talk. But it's for the environment we're in to have it be handled by the women. I like that phrasing. It's for the environment we're in for it to have it be handled by the women. It's so <laughs> passive. Like he, he had to tap dance around not saying, producers told me to not intervene. <laughs> Bachelor Nation Scoop posted a video of that interview and Crawley left a comment with her own opinions on how to deal with producers' demands. She said, you don't have to do anything the producers tell you to do. Just comes with consequences if you don't. Crawley was maligned by producers for, as Dark Lord Harrison put it, blowing up the Bachelorette when she chose to leave her season with superstar parasocial player Dale Moss in the fourth episode. There's still almost half a season left for Zach Shawcross. Will there be a moment when he pushes back against his captor's demands? Time will tell. I don't think he's going to. 
I think that's partially why they chose him. Maybe a hundred percent why they chose him. Seemed completely pliable. Seemed uh, completely controllable, and that's what they're getting out of this season. Should have chosen someone with a stronger immune system. Ooh, shots fired. Now let's move on to that portion of our program where we talk about all the plays our favorite players are making off the field. This is. The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Greer Blitzer threw shade at Zachary Shawcross after their awkward Zoom date about whose COVID had a worse impact on their lives. In an Instagram post of a selfie, a tea set, and some sushi, she captioned, women who care about their careers are hot. 7.4K likes. While we haven't been fans of all of her parasocial work, we love this simple, <laughs> timely play. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Rachel, Rachel Recchia and roommate. I'm just going to move on. Rachel, Rachel Recchia and roommate Genevieve Parisi showed off an extraordinary facet of their home's unique architecture style this week. Their crying wall. A gallery... Uh, a gallery wall filled with pictures of various players all crying in the document, including Michelle Young, Jill Chin, Gabby Wendy, and Ashley I. Kennedy. It looks like an art gallery clues might have in his office and also appears to be spawn con for mix, mixy tiles. Perhaps they need to add the charity tear play image from earlier this season and make this crying wall a crying home. I did love this. Um, it is to some degree terrifying. I agree. I don't think it's real. I think this was a, an ad for Mixie Tiles, and this was removed after they took this photo. But um, I'd love to live in a home like this that has this imagery. As you know, I have a oil painting of pixel art that I made of the first Bachelor, Alex Michelle, hanging over my fireplace in my living room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so similar styling. In a now-deleted tweet, Cat, a.k.a. the new cat with a K, Izzo contradicted her own edit. Quote, what wasn't shown last night were my apologies and accountability the moment I could. Unless you have been emerged in this experience, you cannot understand what comes with trying to manage the delicate balance between your friendships and your relationship. Hashtag The Bachelor. She is, of course, talking about that second audience game versus that first audience game. And she's playing a little bit of a fourth audience game while she's contradicting the third audience game here. This is a complete mm -hmm. all four audience game parasocial play. <laughs> Moving on, Charity Lawson lip synced the song Face Down, Ass Up in front of a pic of her and Zach doing the wife carrying contest in Estonia on TikTok with the caption, being in this position on my first day was not on my bingo card. Tune into The Bachelor tonight at 8, 7 central to see it all go down. Rose emoji, crying, laughing emoji. It garnered 1.2K likes and 34.6K views. Knock, knock, extraordinaire Katie Bigger gave a funny but accurate preview of next week's episode by lip syncing to the sound, sometimes I say fuck, sometimes I cry, sometimes I say fuck and cry at the same time. The TikTok has 4.5K likes and 107.6K views. Susan, Susie Evans, made light of Zach's no BS behavior on his season in a reel telling everyone to leave except for various characters in which she voices Dr. Evil. The caption reads, I am so here for the no BS approach Zach is taking on this season of hashtag The Bachelor at, a at Bachelor ABC. Also shout out to at Jessica Gerard. And all her glittery, glittery amazingness. 
I legit bought out Sephora's glitter section trying to get sparkles like her. The post has 14.3K likes and 438K views. I mean, this is... Susie Evans is an extraordinary parasocial player. Yes. But this is exactly how you should be posting if you are a veteran. You know, I you're agree. not on this season, but she's in this season. Yes. She is 100%. giving her takes. It's funny. It's viral, etc. Ashley I. Kennedy made light of the mean girl stereotype on The Bachelor in a TikTok slash Instagram reel with the header POV. You just left the interview room and see all the girls you were just talking shit about. To the Paris Hilton sound. I love you all. Never forget that everyone is a princess. Hee hee hee. In a video where she's holding a rose. The caption reads, don't act like you'd be above it. Smirky emoji. Which bachelor stereotype would you fit into if you were being honest with yourself? The sound always makes me laugh. Me too. All of these were strong plays. However, there can be only one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to our third. Bachelorette Crown Rachel Lindsay. She posted a reel in which Haley Richardson from the White Lotus fawned over Rachel Lindsay at the SAG Awards, explaining to the show's male cast that Rachel Lindsay is very important in Bachelorette history. They figure out what season Lindsay was, and they drunkenly hand Lindsay their SAG Awards, saying she deserves them. And indeed she does. The caption reads, Thank you at... Haley Lou Who for hyping me up on your exciting night. Uh, crying, laughing emoji, heart emoji, hashtag Zag Awards, hashtag the White Lotus, hashtag White Lotus. The post has 354K views and 24.7K likes. It has star power. It has humor. It has Rachel Lindsay continuing to dominate the upper echelon of the nation's elites. What more can you want? Nothing. I loved this. That video was fantastic. I did as well. But you know what? It... The other guys in that, and the guys, I don't know their names. It was the guy who played the nerd, Michael Imperioli's son, and uh, the guy who played the the mean criminal dude. I forget his name. Yeah, the blonde guy. <laughs> I don't know any of the names from White Lotus. I saw the whole series. Played the guy who was banging his uncle. But they both pretend that they know what the fuck The Bachelor is, but they don't know that Rachel Lindsay was a bachelorette. Yeah, that's a parasocial error of the week. I think they should come up with some sort of parasocial content of them watching this season in order to make up for it. Absolutely agree. Can't wait for that to come. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. No. Go back and watch Rachel Lindsay's season. Unnamed White Lotus cast members. I probably should know that. <laughs> yeah, if you were in White Lotus, just watch season 13 of The Bachelorette. Now let's move on to the parasocial plays some non-humans were making. We got two to highlight. The first is, of course, Raman, demonstrating his patience in a cute reel. Raman's always in this. Pino and Raman, always in this. But this week's Creature of the Week goes to a non-canine. We talking about one of the felines. We talking about Tommy. Katie Thurston posted a short video to her main grid featuring herself and Tommy lying in the in a hammock, soaking in the San Diego sun with a caption that reads, a grid post to make sure Google results know Tommy is very much alive. Heart emoji, at Tommy and Fluff. The post has 2,541 likes and 136 comments, including one from our very own Lizzie Pace that reads, how do I join this wolf pack, though? Congrats to Tommy. Nice. Congrats to Katie Thurston, the star player of the San Diego crew. And congrats to you, Pace Case, for getting in uh, the document this week. I love it. That was a, a reference, of course, to Katie saying that in her first audition for The Bachelor, she said she wanted her own wolf pack. Indeed. <laughs> But that wraps up all those parasocial plays made by humans and creatures. Now it is time for Pace Case and I to fall deep into the pit and scream loud so that everyone can hear how our fandom of this game has affected our lives. This is Screams from the Pit. We have a very special scream today. Joint scream. Let's go. You may know from all of our talking about it that we wrote a book called How to Win the Bachelor. And when it came out, we did not do a an official book signing because we did not know what the at uh, the Ferg we were doing. If you're deep into perfect match, you'll get that reference. We didn't know what the Ferg we were doing, and we did not tell them we were coming, and we did not know how many people would be there. And so there was a travesty in which we got um, banned from the Grove for a year uh, during that event. And so we did a, a comeback tour after our one-year ban lifted, and we did an official book signing at the Grove Barnes & Noble last night. And it was <laughs> extraordinary. Yes. I am sometimes forgetful of how strange this ride has been and how beautiful yes. it has been. 
since creating this show in late 2019 on episode six of Hannah Brown, season 15 of The Bachelorette. <laughs> That's when we decided to start recording. <laughs> so fucking Winner bizarre. of the Tough Mudder or whatever. Tough Mudder? <laughs> Torture Chamber Show. What was it called? What? You don't even know what it's called. He's looking it up right now. Don't edit this out. He's looking. I'm not up. looking it up. I'm looking at the thing that I wrote and have already forgotten. It is called <laughs> Special <laughs> Forces World's Toughest Tests. At any rate, okay. um, we started back in Hannah Brown's season. And of course, we wrote this book. We've done a lot of weird things in service of our fandom. Um, you know, we went to a, <laughs> or at least Dark Seeker and I went to a Bachelor Live on stage. Pace Case had COVID at the time, so she couldn't make it. I had COVID. Horrible time of my life. Worse than Zach Shawcross's time. <laughs> and Greer's combined. My COVID, I had to miss Bachelor Live on stage. You know, I, the first time around when we did this, a lot of people came out. It was unsanctioned. Like Pace Case said, it got us banned from the Grove. But we had this procession of people who was kind of following us around to get uh, books signed and take pictures, including Sweet Nums. It has been a long, strange ride and continues to be so. And last night for me... Um, Maybe one of the most beautiful and strangest things that I've ever had happen to me happened to me as a result of our fandom. Mm -hmm. And you know what this is. We were sitting there and someone came up to mm -hmm. get a book signed and she was holding a glass of champagne and she brought out a knife mm -hmm. and she performed Tings live for us right then and right there. It was music to my ears. And if you had told me at any point Prior to us starting this podcast, eventually there's going to be a moment where you're doing a book signing at Barnes & Noble in the Grove. Somebody's going to come up and ting, ting, ting on a champagne glass, and it will almost make you cry. If you had told me that, I would not yeah. have believed. I wouldn't even understand what you're saying. It doesn't make any sense. And yet now it makes the most perfect sense to me because it happened. So thank you. I mean, I almost cried. I, look, I was anxious when we got there. There were a lot of people and... um. You know, it's just it's kind of like a public speaking event, which has never been my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. But immediately when I got there, the pit just made me feel so welcome and everyone was so sweet and wearing all of their. Sh I'm going to cry now. There were there were so many people wearing their 4TRR shirts. Uh, there was a do you who do shirt in there, a mm -hmm. collector's item. And she had like done a little crop top thing with it, which I'm now inspired. I'm like, hmm, maybe mm -hmm. I can do that and we had someone brought one of chad's old books for him to sign that was really first book cute. i ever not the first book i wrote it's probably about the sixth book i wrote first one i got published that's deep cut that is deep cut there was a couple sitting in the front row who flew there with their family and asked for clues and my blessing as this woman's pit parents <laughs> <laughs> I gave the blessing immediately. I was like, oh, my God, blessings and clues. What did you do? Uh, I don't give blessings so easily. You have to at least endure two attacks. So I issued an attack of location. Where do you plan to live after this? Uh, it was answered mm -hmm. uh, satisfactorily. And then I also yeah. issued an other women attack. Are you dating anyone else still? <laughs> and the answer was no. So I then bequeathed the blessing. I love that. You know, we're we're kind of a yin and yang. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Dynamic but, duo. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know that this is a scream necessarily. I mean, it kind of is. 
because it's like our fandom of the show has taken us to a place where we do get to now engage with a community of people who see this game in the same way that we do. And it's not only validating to me, um, you know, when we do a book signing like this and it's like, shit, there are people who, who see this the same way. And it does validate it, I guess. It, it makes me feel like less crazy because when yeah. we're just sitting here typing our little shit and saying our weird things, I do feel crazy from time to time. It was sold out. Yeah. My friend tried to get tickets and couldn't. You didn't need to. Yeah, you didn't even need a ticket. She was tricked. Barnes and Noble tricked. <laughs> also, Will Sasso from your other podcast, yeah. Dudesy, was there. That was really nice. Absolutely. And oh, one one other person I'd like to shout out. We're in a hot debate on my other podcast, HBO Lax, for what show we're going to cover next season: Succession versus Yellow Jackets, because they're airing at the same time. Unfortunately. So, and someone wore a succession t-shirt to the book signing to vote for succession. And I thought this tot was a very, very strong play. Interesting. Yes. I remember this shirt, but sincerely, we want to thank everybody who came out and, um, you know, everybody who continues to listen to this podcast and find some kind of value in watching not only the bachelor, but like reality TV in general. And just the idea that we talked about this a little bit last night, that reality TV gets a bad rap really in I think kind of like contemporary mainstream media. It's usually always referred to as trash TV or guilty pleasure or whatever. But the truth of it is it's as important culturally to this country as per any other professional sport as football, as baseball, as basketball, as any of that. And to say that it is, you know, less than that is tell that to the fucking networks that are making hundreds of millions of dollars off of it. Is it? Less important. Netflix heard of it. Yeah. Is it less important to Netflix than the NFL? Netflix now doesn't play the NFL. I mean, I talked about this uh, last night also, but I feel it. It is sexist. And it's because women primarily make up the reality TV audience. Um, and it's like, oh, the thing that you're really passionate about is dumb and trash. But sports, I mean, the the amount of like business and infrastructure and everything around like sports and fantasy sports even and podcasts etc it's like i i would i don't want to watch those <laughs> i agree and reality tv is getting there you know we've only really been in this modern era of reality tv for about 20 years it really started in the early mm -hmm. 2000s with like with bachelor survivor big brother oh, that first kind of glut of shows that came out that were immediately super successful um, you know, if you look back when professional sports really started in America, you're probably talking about baseball in the late 1800s. And it took about 20 or 30 years for sports writers to start mm. talking about it in a way that made it a little more academic and started to affect how the game was played and how the game was put together and presented and all this stuff. And you've got, you know, over a hundred years it's taken until we get to like a place where we've got ESPN, 24 coverage of 24 hour coverage of all sports, billion dollar industry, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think it'll take reality TV that mm -hmm. long, but last night really did did my heart good to see other people coming out who love this shit as much as we do. And again, we can't thank you enough. Yes, thank you. I thought of one other highlight. Please. Someone came up and said that they had prepared their standee and had been practicing, and then they go, well, on my season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had a Vial impersonator. Oh, and... Oh, I'll say the highlight to me was the person who helped run the event at Barnes & Noble. Oh, my God. She was amazing. She was fantastic. Uh, couldn't have done it without her. And she filled us in on some information. 
Nick Vial had a book signing at the same Barnes and Noble a few weeks earlier, and the pit turned out far more people than Vial was able to. I won't say the direct number we were told, but it was seven. Oh my God. Yes. So we beat Vial. At least in terms of amount of people who showed up for our book signing. So again, we can't thank everybody enough. And now we're going to play another scream. If you want to submit your screams to potentially be played right here in Screams from the Pit, you just go to patreon.com slash gamerosa, sign up, join us on the bottom of the pit. You get access to our Discord. And then in that Discord, you can submit a one minute or less audio clip of your scream. We play the best ones here. Today, this one comes from a user named Tori Janine. And we're going to play it for you right now. Hi, Pace Case Clues, Dark Seeker, and fellow pit dwellers. My name is Tori, and boy, do I have a scream for you. So I am friends with Jackie Maroney from the She's All Batch podcast, and tonight she invited me to attend an exclusive event hosted by none other than Newlyweds Grocery and Serener. Okay, this event was basically just an Instagram ad come to life. It was SpawnCon for a tequila brand packaged as an intimate date night with grocery and serener. But they basically just had a huge taco buffet and a margarita bar and people there giving massages and facials. It literally felt like I was in an Instagram ad, like an influencer's dream. It was so ridiculous. And the main event was grocery and serener getting up and speaking for about one minute about how much they love these margaritas for their date nights and how terrific Taco Tuesdays are. And I was simply shook because you know they got paid bank for doing that. And the best part is that Jackie and I got to chat with them after they delivered this very half-hearted SponCon speech, which, again, probably made them like five digits worth of cash. And we asked them some questions. Uh, we asked if Grocery knew who was going to replace the other hosts on clickbait. And he said, and I quote, nah, they keep me in the dark about that stuff. Like, what the fuck? I'm sorry this is long, but I thought it was worth it. Praise be our beloved game. I love when a scream has intel. <laughs> this is fantastic. Yes. It is a scream, obviously, because anytime you go out into the world to go to an event that is about or hosted by somebody from our beloved game, that's a valid scream. It's, it's coming into your social life. It's coming into what you do for fun. Now you're going to go to a live event just because Grocery and Serena are there. But then the scream adds another layer. Asked a question, a very important question. Who's going to be joining you on clickbait? What's that show going to become? And we learn here that at least what Grocery is saying is they keep him in the dark about that stuff. I mean, that line in itself, nah, they keep me in the dark about those things, is so funny and iconic. And also it's just like, you know, I just show up to my job. I'm not the... Yeah. <laughs> and like... I don't know if it's true, though. That might have been a lie. Oh, he might know and, oh. and has been told to not tell anybody, you know? Oh, interesting. But I could also see it being true in that they probably don't fucking tell him because that's how they produce those goddamn shows. Yeah. Well, I wonder if he has like an opinion about it. You know, if he's like, hey, I think 
so-and-so would be good or he's just like whatever no exactly that's what i'm saying like if this is true it just reveals that like that's how they produce those fucking shows they're just like this is your new co-host now oh i don't know who they are what if we don't have any chemistry what if we have beef that you don't know about fuck you do the show yeah exactly exactly it doesn't matter this is your new chemistry (laughs) can you imagine just being like okay now you have to do a podcast with this person pace case i have something to tell you I am the new co-host of Clickbait. I wish. God, I wish. I would I'd be happy if any producers are listening, happy to sit in for one episode with grocery, see what our chemistry is like. If it works out, pay me $10 million. I like you, grocery, Clancy. What about that? I'm in. Set it up. I'll DM them. But thank you, Tori Janine, for this incredible scream. Um, I'm glad that you had a good time and got to interact with grocery and Serena. That's a valuable interaction, in my opinion. Thank you for your accent work in this. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I literally I'm blown away by every single scream that we hear. Like I agree. next level in so many different ways. And I yeah, it's again, I I appreciate the the pit community feeling a lot of pit love right now. I agree. As am I. But thank you, everyone in the pit, for joining us today for this week in Bachelor Nation. We are going to have a few pieces of media for you coming right up. Again, on Saturday, there are going to be two new episodes of me watching episode five and six of Perfect Match on our Patreon. And then on Monday, we're going to have a very good Digging Deeper coming out for you. Uh, A lot of stuff has been going on in all the various podcasts. A lot of Vial going to be in this one, as you can imagine. (laughs) There always is. But he's been saying some wild shit that I can't uh, wait to break down with you, Pace Case. And of course, we'll be back next Tuesday with our breakdown of the next episode of our big game. So we hope you will join us for all of that. Greer's return. (laughs) Yeah, Greer's triumphant return. Even though she's been there the whole fucking time. Whatever. But before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It has been 7,647 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 